Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Parts, you can get $25 or more off brand new DeWalt power tools by trading in your old ones. You know, those worthless tools you never use anymore? Yeah, those dusty things can actually save you at least $25 on new DeWalt power tools. Hmm, not so worthless after all. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores, while supplies last. Offer ends 6 Thank you for downloading the Tour Junkies Fantasy Golf Podcast. This is the Travelers Championship 2017 episode. Before we get into the preview, course breakdown, key stats, and players for the Travelers Championship, we're going to recap the U.S. Open, Brooks Kepka's first win at Aaron Hills, the Fox coverage for the week, some other key storylines, the carnage that was at U.S. Open, and uh, we're going to give you an update on some TJ stuff. So thank you guys for listening. Our one-and-done picks this week, once again, Pat and I forgot, maybe because we're just terrible at them. So if you want to know who not to pick, here it is. This week, Pat is going with Byung-Hun Ann, and I am going to attempt to go Lone Wolf and pick Shez Reevy. That's right, Shez Reevy. I need a big week. I need a big week from the Shezticle. So, there's our one and done picks. We hope you guys have a fantastic week. May your screens be green and enjoy the show. What's going on, Golf Addicts? Thank you for downloading the Tour Junkies podcast. This is the Travelers Championship, and it's a it's a rather decent field here in Hartford, Connecticut, considering we're coming right off the U.S. Open from Aaron Hills, Wisconsin, and the carnage that was the U.S. Open, but Former podcast guest and, you know, resident man-dime, Brooks Kepka <laughs> closes the deal and really just slams the door on the U.S. Open to get his first major victory. And there's a lot of storylines I think we need to cover before we get into the Travelers Championship. So, Pat, I know you were watching a lot of it. I watched a lot of it. First of all, just thoughts on the Brooks win. And then I definitely want to get your takes on the Fox coverage and the girlfriend cluster bang and all of that good stuff. What was your what was your take? You've waited all year, and this Saturday it's finally here. Old Navy's famous $1 flip-flops are back for just one day only. Polish up your petties and hurry in for flip-flops for the whole family for just a buck. This Saturday only at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 624, limit 10, solid colors only. Take. Well, uh, the first take was Friday when you had all the trunk slammers. That was the top 10 players in the world. Uh, I think, you know, it, it would have been hard to predict that DJ, Jason Day, and Rory would have all missed the cut. Um, pretty pretty bad. But I think and it's weird just the way this course was set up. They All three of those guys could have easily just destroyed it. So I don't, I don't know what was going on. Yeah, I know there's a, each one has their different maybe narrative with DJ having the baby and Rory coming off injury and Day whatever um but i was excited to see brooks win Uh, you know he's obviously a player that's you know become world class and you know he was struggling a little bit earlier this year 
but he's he's turned it around. He played pretty much just phenomenal, phenomenal and flawless on Sunday. I don't I don't think he made too many mistakes at all. Uh, it was just hard to catch him, but I was, you know, and we we talked about him. We were he was one of those guys that we were kind of fringe beginning of the week, and then later in the week, if you got in the shot in the arm shot chat room, you noticed that we were very high on him, and he ended up in a lot of my lineups. So it helped me helped me cash a little bit. As a matter of fact, I even cashed with three of six making it through the cut with Brooks Kepka. Wow, which is just kind of stupid, but it happened. So yeah, it was good. You know. Coverage-wise, I was okay with it. Um, I'd love the the technology that they use. I, I think that's definitely something that's got to stay. And I, I know we talked about this last year when it, you know, it, and really since they've been doing the U.S. Opens and the other USGA events, I think that's just fantastic. But outside of that, there's not a whole lot that I could say that I'm a big fan of. Maybe Curtis Strange. I, I like Curtis, so. There you go. I know you want to well, talk about the girlfriend cluster, but 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 that's I'll let you the talk. The girlfriend about it. thing was was pretty funny to me and there's some Joe Buck apologists out there, but at, at the end of the day, you know, I, I wasn't criticizing Joe Buck necessarily, but just the Fox coverage team just really goofed that one and it was kind of funny. I mean, it's not a big deal. It's not a big uh, you know, critical piece of information, but it is kind of funny because I believe Brooks just broke it off with Becky Edwards like this spring. <laughs> So yeah. he's he's also rebounded pretty quickly, has old Brooks to Jenna Sims. So good on him. I, I'll tell you though, I, I put out a, a a tweet this this morning and kind of said, "What's the over under on the number of months it's going to take for Brooks to immediately regret the decision of letting Jenna get all up in his limelight last uh, yesterday?" Just because, I mean, you know, some of these young guys twenty and Brooks is twenty seven. He feels he feels really young to me, but he feels younger than that, but. I, I don't understand the girlfriend situation like being on your arm for a major. You know, if if you've been dating this girl a few months, which I think that's about as long as it's it's gone for old Brooks. If you've been dating this girl for a few months, there is no way she is. I don't even know that. I don't even know that she would crack the. Um, I don't. I don't even know that she would crack the list to be able to tag along in the golf cart inside the ropes, like <laughs> because. But and it has nothing to do with the way she looks, or she might be just a total whatever, just a total babe. But it, it has nothing to do with that. It it has everything to do with like this is your moment, and this moment is going to live with you forever. And if this is just another fling, or let you know, in, in this last a few months, or even a few years, I mean, look at Rory and Caroline Wozniacki. Like they dated for a little bit. So I'm just thinking, like, why pose with the girl with the trophy on the 18th green, and she's all up in your 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 business, you know, as you're winning your first major? I, I just that part. I feel like one of these days Brooks might regret. <laughs> Maybe he and Jenna will live a long, glorious, you know, relationship together. But I feel I'm just like, thinking, bro, if that's me, arm candy or not, I'm not doing. I it. almost feel like I was thinking the same thing. I almost feel like like the picture with the trophy. I mean, is that like close to just a ring or something? I mean, it's like saying, "Hey, we're we're official here. I'm letting you take a picture with the trophy and everything." I mean, well, did he over? Did he? Hey, he might have <laughs> just. It could have been just a huge mistake. Huge. They're both good looking people. You know, they're, they're both well, we good know looking you, people. They're, we know you have a man crush on, on Brooks. 
they're both both pretty successful. Jenna has her own career, I believe, or whatever you want to call that. So I wonder as to which one may have, you know, if like if that was the move to kind of make it a really serious thing. I wonder which one, you know, initiated that. If it could have been old Brooksy. Brooksy would have could have been like, "Hey, girl, slide on up in this picture. Let me lock this down." <laughs> or it could have been, or it could have been her, you know, like trying to weasel her way into the the, the history books of the U.S. Open for Brooks Kepka right now. I don't know. It it was just something I'm watching. I'm like, oh, I mean, I got a great kick out of the Fox gaff, but then I, then I'm watching Brooks celebrate, and I'm like, no, man, no, no, buddy, just leave her, just leave her in the cart. She's still gonna she's still gonna be your girl when you're done. Just leave her in the cart, you know. Um, the Fox coverage was okay. I, I agree with you. I love the technology. I, I do love, and you got to give them credit for being innovative, for being thoughtful. They they do some different stuff, and it's good to see. Um, so, you know, I mean, I, I'm glad to see them do some, some new things over there, Fox. It's kind of cool. At the same time, some of the personalities are lame. I mean, you had Joe Buck, Skip Bayless clearly knew nothing about golf, and that was evident. They made a couple of just dumb comments. I think Curtis Strange was okay. My favorite was actually Darren Clark, who got very little airtime. But I think Darren Clark was probably the best one of them all and obviously knew more about golf than any of the other talking heads up there, and they still didn't let him let him go a whole lot. So, Yeah, I don't, I don't quite understand that. It seemed like he was, I guess, mostly on the FS1 coverage. And then, yeah, I mean, and I just can't get used to Joe Buck doing golf. Like, I feel like I should be watching the Super Bowl or something. Or I mean, I, he's fine with football or baseball, but when I get him on golf, it just, just I don't know. I do love it his voice. Feel right. I love his voice, but he has a great voice, but it doesn't feel right for golf. And he doesn't know golf. Clearly, yeah. he does not know golf. Um. Anyway, yeah, you did have a ton of carnage. I mean, Rory and Day and Rom and. DJ, I mean, and and we called half of those. I mean, we, we kind of said to fade DJ and Rom. We didn't think they were going to miss the cut, but, um, but I think we even talked about it in the shot in the arm. Rom's temperament and attitude may hold him back a little bit, and it, and it clearly did. And he's just a young, fiery Spaniard. I mean, if the guy didn't remind you enough of Sergio Garcia back in the day, then, you know, here's if you're not convinced now, then I don't know what you're looking at, but he's – He's definitely Sergio-esque when it comes to the attitude and the, you know, some of the theatrics on the course. Still love the guy, but I think um, I think it got in his head a little bit. And then definitely did not see the miscut from Rory and Day and, and just the poor play from, from those guys. But there was a lot of carnage. In fact, I've done this before on the podcast, and I, I did a little research because we talk sometimes about how, you know, Guys who have big bankrolls can get in these contests and you just think they're the smartest guys in the room and the sharpest guys in the room because they're winning thousands and thousands of dollars. But a lot of it has to do with your bankroll. A lot of it has to do with the contest you can get in. It's kind of like poker, right? Like you don't, you don't have to be the sharpest poker player, but if you've got the chip stack, you're in command. So I did some searching. In the Thunderdome, the Country Club, and the Club Pro Contest. So those are, if you don't know, those are $5,300 entry contest, uh, a $1,500 entry contest and a $333 entry contest. So these are high stakes games, a lot less players. Um, Of those three contests, I looked at the 15 highest owned guys that were picked in those three contests. Six of the 15 made the cut. Six (laughs) of the 15 made the cut. There was one of those six that finished in the top 10 and an additional that finished in the top 25. So two that finished in the top 25 total and one in the top 10. 
basically two players that finished in the top 25 of the six that made the cut. Now, if you go back and look at some of the smaller entry contests, like the Albatross at $12, the $8 contest, the $3 contest, and the $1 contest. So these are obviously lower stakes, lower buy-in. You would think a little more public um, you know, money. And interesting numbers. Seven of 15 made the cut. So a little bit better, but marginal. Okay, Here's where it got better. Two of those seven were in the top 10, and five were in the top 25. So a lot better picks from the the general public. But now, did the guy who won the Thunderdome win thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars? Absolutely. So does he look like a stud? Yes. However, his lineup could have possibly been shite. So I'm just saying that, again, don't get your, you know, don't, don't, don't get wrapped up in some of that, okay? Just wanted to throw that out there. Well, and it's similar to what I was talking about earlier. I mean, I, the lineup I was talking about with the three of six was was it wasn't high high dollar. I mean, it was a fifty dollar single entry. But I mean, three guys that made the cut, and actually, the, the it, you know it did have Kepka, but the other two I think were Steele, who was okay, and Westwood, <laughs> and it That's easily cashed. It easily cashed. So I, that to me was very interesting. I mean, it just goes to show you there's a little bit different level once you get up to those higher a little bit higher dollar entries there were a lot of four of six five of six lineups to cash and even did really well i mean and i even had a six of six in the three max entry twenty dollar contest that uh finished like 240th and i'm like i had six of six (laughs) but i didn't have kefka i didn't have you know some of those guys in that lineup but ended up having a a pretty profitable week uh won some money over there on FanDuel thanks to trey mullinax um actually cashed in that lineup with four of eight so i mean it definitely everyone took a beating everyone took a beating so you know it is what it is when you get a week like this i mean it looks really bad on paper but we we did okay we picked 33 guys 13 missed the cut um, no bueno. We picked 12 <laughs> guys under 6,000. That's a lot. We normally don't do that, but we picked 12 guys under 6,000. Seven of those 12 made the cut. So we lost it. We, we kind of, we did okay in the middle and we lost, you know, we lost five guys under 6K. And then of course we lost the studs at the top that missed the cut. Um, five of our picks finished in the top 10 and nine of them finished in the top 25. And we were on Brooks Kepka. We were on Brooks Kepka on the podcast, but we were really on him in the shot in the arm chat room. That's the benefit of the shot in the arm. If you don't get in there and you don't get in the chat room, there's a lot of information that comes out between Monday and Wednesday, uh, whether it's weather or course conditions or who everybody's talking up, who the pivot plays might be. Um, so by the time we were in the shot in the arm, we were raving about Kepka. So. Glad we had some of them. So all in all, not a bad week. I mean, with with everything that that happened this week, I feel I feel okay about it. Um, the Millie Maker. I did want to do a quick Millie Maker lineup review since we haven't done that in a while. Uh, the guy who won the Millie Maker actually had a few entries in the top ten. Somebody yeah, I've never he, heard of. Uh, he killed it. E K T D A R. But he he went super balanced here. He had Ricky. Uh, Brooks, Hideki, Mullinax, Xander Shuffle, and Justin Thomas. The chef. Yeah. So his worst finish uh, position was Mullinax and JT, who tied for ninth. Everybody else was within that top five, which is just killer. Um, his highest stone guy was, was Justin Thomas at 19. Then he had Fowler at 16. 
Um, Xander and Mullinax didn't even reach 1%, and then Brooks and Hideki right there around 9 or 10. So lineup scored 593.5 DraftKings points. Um, and shout out to, we had some listeners up there on Sunday that were kind of making a making a run to like a top 25. We ended up having um, a friend of the podcast, Who Day Winning, that's his DraftKings name, Who Day Winning. He finished 50th in the Millie Maker with 511 points, which was very, very cool. Um, sure do wish he was using the Tour Junkies icon, but that's okay. You know, so yeah. it seems like that's the move nowadays. If you have a, if you're a tout, you give everyone your your icon so they can put it on DraftKings or FanDuel or Fantasy Draft. We are very willing to do that if you guys want it. You just let us know and email us or tweet us, and we'll send it to you. Um, but uh, anyway, so congrats to him. That was pretty cool. I know. Um, I know he was excited about that. Also, real quick, couple house another house, housekeeping note: the native area questions. We've gotten a few submissions. I'll tell you, Pat. I, I, we've we've only got about a dozen or so submissions, which is not very many. Um, yeah, I would have thought we'd have more. Yeah. So if you don't know, this is the last week to do it. So we will announce the winner on next week's show. But uh, the contest is: if you email us info at tourjunkies.net email us at least one question that you would like to hear us ask in the next native area segment for a PGA Tour Pro. If you do that, we will uh, enter you into a drawing to give you the rest of the season for free over at Roto Grinders for the Shot in the Arm package. So that's a chat room every Wednesday night with me and Pat. Uh, like we've said before, it's actually a very entertaining chat room. It was very entertaining this past week, actually. We had a lot of people in there and had a good time. Um, but you got to email us and you got to send us a question. Right now, you got really good odds to win because, like I said, only about 12 to 15 people have done this. So, it's the last week to do it. Email us your native area questions, info at tourjunkies.net for the uh, remainder of the season. You can have the shot in the arm. So, it's like 15 or 16 uh, events left, I think. So, anyway. Yeah. Anything? Hey, what about those new, new t shirts that we're about to. Uh... New t shirts coming. Um, we're out of a lot of stuff in the store, which we appreciate. We've, we've sold out of a lot of stuff, and we, we're grateful to you guys for doing that. But we do have a couple new T-shirts on the way. I'm not really sure when they'll be here. I bet they'll be here this week. I wouldn't be shocked if they're here this week. Um, Speaking of the store, I just had, you may have heard like about a few minutes ago, a, a couple beeps from my computer here, and, and we just had an order. So while we're, on the, while we're recording. Oh, fantastic. Was- Who ordered? Let's, let's, let's give them a shout-out. All right, so let me let me go in now. A You're live gonna, okay, order. So, this has never happened. Yeah, it's a, it was a live order. So it was at uh, let's see, Brian Crawford in Ashburn, Virginia. He he ordered the Patriot Golby in. Uh, well, I won't even say his size because you know he may not want me to. <laughs> We're not a bunch of women. <laughs> no, it's it's a typical size. Okay, you you should throw in a Pod Bros T-shirt for him. For doing All right, I'm gonna throw, throw in, in a Pod Bros. Yeah, this is what happens if you guys put in orders on Mondays in the evenings, and and we get an order on the podcast. It's pretty cool. Yeah, throw in a pod, bros. Thanks, Brian. Is that was that right, Brian? Yeah, Brian Crawford. Nice. Thanks, thanks, B. Croft. Awesome. All right. Uh, any other housekeeping notes before we get into the course breakdown for the travelers? Any, any other U.S. Open talk we need to hit on? Are we good? Uh, I think that's all. That's all I can think of. Um... Besides the fact that I wish it was a little more exciting down the stretch, but that's a whole nother conversation. So, so let's go. All right. Well, kick it. 
right, so the Travelers Championship this week, as you mentioned, in Cromwell, Connecticut, uh, really right near Hartford. Uh, We're at TPC River Highlands, which is a par 70, playing just over 6,800 yards. So we go from 7,800 to 6,800, a little difference there. You got eight par fours on this course, and they're all kind of between that 400 and 450 yard um, uh, yardage, and and I think that could play a factor this week as far as when you're looking at stats. Um, bent grass greens, but they're not going to be very fast like you saw last week. They're going to be pretty slow, I think. The, the scoring here, this is a scoring fest. I mean, you look at last year, you had a guy like Jim Furyk who shot the 58 here. Uh, so I think you're going to see low scores. So you're going to want to look at guys that can score well. So that, that and to me, is going to mean birdie or better percentage. Uh, we got a Pete Dye design this week. Uh, there were some renovations in 2016, mostly to the greens, the tee boxes, and then uh, some of the bunkers. So they added a few, uh, you know, I think some room on the greens for, for some more uh, pin positions. And, you know, just changed up the tee boxes a little bit. So they could get a little bit different look. I'm not sure it's going to make a huge factor as far as uh, the way the course plays. Um, you know, looking at stats for me outside of birdie or better percentage, I'm also looking at the, a lot of the strokes gained um, stats, strokes gained approach, and strokes gained off the tee particularly. And then proximity. I'm still going to look at that. Um, and then specifically proximity 100 to 125 yards because I think they're going to have a lot of these. You know, you look at the short course, a lot of wedges and – and uh, those type clubs into the into the the pins here. So I did look at that past champs. You had Russell Knox last year in 2016. Bubba in 2015. He's won here twice. Uh, Kevin Strillman in 2014. Ken Duke in 2013. And then Mark Leishman in 2012. So as you can see from that list, a lot of different types of players in the past here. So. There's your quick rundown. I did look at the weather just initially, and I do think you're going to see a pretty perfect week. We might see some rain on Friday at this point, and uh, the winds are pretty light. So there you go. A perfect week There's on the PGA Tour as far as weather? That's that's a shocker. That doesn't normally yeah, it's gonna happen. Be, I mean, that's, you know, we're, we're Monday, as we always say. you got to check it Wednesday. Right. Good, good course breakdown there, Pat Perry. Um, you know, I, I kind of feel like this is a wide open track. When you've got scoring that low, this is typically um, one of the easier courses on tour when you look in the last five years. When you've got scoring that low, I do think it kind of opens it up to just about anybody. And even when you, you know, when you mentioned the last, the last five champions, and there's a few different players there. There's kind of, you know, Russell Knox, who's kind of a shorter hitter, Bubba Watson, bomber, Streelman, another short hitter, Leishman's kind of a you know an in between kind of guy. So I think it's I think this golf course is pretty much open to anybody could jump up and win this event. It does it does surprise me a little bit that Bubba's been so successful here, but he, you can't deny it. I mean, even beyond the two victories, he's done pretty well here. Guys like Phil Mickelson have won here twice, too. So similar type players. Maybe it just sets up well for bombing lefties. But (laughs) this is an interesting golf course. Um, The key stats for me are similar. Strokes gained off the tee. Strokes gained approach. uh, Par 4 from 400 to 450. I looked at that range. Uh, Like you mentioned, there's eight of those. And then I actually went on and looked at uh, a birdie or better percentage on easy courses. I, I kind of see a difference when it's an easy course versus, you know, not. And I consider this one an easier track, so I looked there. Um, 
And then just for clarity's sake, my all of my strokes gain data and all, all of this data is is based on the last 24 rounds from each player and the guys finishing in the top 20 in the field. So I know sometimes people will be like, hey, what did you mean when you said he checked the box more specifically? So that's it for me. Uh, you ready to get into some picks? Yeah, let's go. All right, so four guys at the top, your four studs, Rory, Day, Spieth, and JT, all coming off of the U.S. Open weekend. Obviously, Spieth and JT, the only ones that went deep into Sunday on uh, uh, for the U.S. Open. So what are you going to do here? Are you, are you going to fade? Are you going to play any of these guys? What are you going to do? This range scares the absolute <laughs> crap out of me because of, I mean, I, I got to say, I mean, last week, has me a little gun shy to play Day or Rory, and I really want to. And I think as the week goes on, I may end up playing both those guys a little more than I, you know, just because I do think they're going to probably be underowned. But at this point, if you know, I'm talking about the, you know, who I think fits the course best, it's it's going to be at the bottom range there, and that's Spieth and JT. You know, both fit as far as birdie or better percentage. Strokes gained approach. Uh, I mean, Spieth is number two in the field. Also fits on proximity for Spieth. So I think if if I'm going to play guys over 10K, it's going to be those two. And, and I'm just going to fade Rory and Day until they can show me that, that they're, uh, they're going to be consistent. And if I'm going to pay up for somebody like that, because I think there's a ton of value in this, in this field, especially in that 7K range and even 6K. So for me... That, that's what, what I'm going to do. At, right now, it's going to be Spieth and JT. Well, I agree with you. I do think, uh, well, you know, first of all, Rory being only 11-6. I mean, we've been seeing some 12,000 numbers uh, here lately for the top guy. So with a little bit lower price there at the top. And then I do think DraftKings specifically has some guys at the bottom, uh, or, or you know, 6K range that are extremely undervalued on DraftKings. If you look at them on Fantasy Draft or FanDuel, they are not undervalued. But I do think on DraftKings specifically, that lends itself to playing some studs and duds lineups. I think I'm probably going to have a little bit of both. I'm probably going to have half of my lineups, uh, maybe 40% of my lineups in GPPs, start with one or two of these studs at the top and then find some of those those guys I, I mentioned at the, in the 6k range I think are undervalued on DraftKings and then and then the other 60 to 50 percent of my lineups I think will be more that balanced approach where I drop below Justin Thomas but I when when I play a guy from this range it's going to be Rory and Spieth for me I'm still believing in Rory. He still checks a ton of boxes. The putter was awful. You know, and I thought that last week was a good sign when he switched the putter and uh and, and he must have felt confident with it. Well, if he did feel confident, all of that confidence has since been shattered because he couldn't make a putt for anything. Like could not make one. So I'm just gonna believe that has to get a little bit better. And this is a course where I think Rory can just obliterate it, stroke uh for, you know. T to green. So I'm going to go back to Rory. I'm going to go back to Spieth. I'm thinking like you, a lot of people are going to be afraid to pay up for Rory as the top player coming off the miscut, and I like it. JT, I could see being a little fatigued, being a little, you know, kind of down after that that emotional 63 on Saturday and then coming off the plus four round or plus three round or whatever he had on, on, on Sunday. 
So I think for me it's Rory and Spieth when I, I I play the studs and duds approach. But I will also have plenty of balance lineups, which we'll get to in a second. You were gonna you were gonna comment? No, I was just gonna say. I mean, I think you you could easily play a line. No, you you weren't gonna comment, but you are. Or which one? You said you said no. Yeah. Well, yeah, I am gonna comment. Oh, okay. Um, I was I was gonna say that you could play a <laughs> lineup under seventy five hundred. I think every single guy. And have a decent lineup this week. Yeah, the, I agree. I mean, there, there's some value. Definitely some value. In the yeah. 9K range, I like a lot of these guys. Um, I mean, this is where I think you clearly have, uh, to me, a bunch of cut makers. I think Paul Casey is a good play here. We were on him for the U.S. Open. He just faded on the weekend. Man, he was terrible on the weekend. But checks the box and strokes gained approach and the par 4 number. Uh, between 400 and 450. I, I, I like Casey. He's played here twice in the last five years. Both times he's finished top 25. I'm actually kind of liking a little Patrick Reed as well. Played here, uh, well, I don't know. In, in the last five years, he's made three cuts, but both, both uh, or two out of three, he had top 25. It looks like the form's coming around a little bit. Don't mind a little Patrick Reed. He had a good weekend at the U.S. Open. Leishman, I think, is a slam dunk. He's going to be super chalky at 9,300, but I still really like him. Uh, five of five cuts here in the last three, or in the last five years, with three top 25s and obviously the victory. And then I think Daniel Berger's in play. Coming off the missed cut at the U.S. Open, he really played horribly at the U.S. Open. I believe Friday he may have mailed it in a little bit. But he, he still checks the box in strokes gained off the tee and strokes gained approach. He, he won a week before the U.S. Open. So it does seem like this could be a good time to get, get Berger a little cheap. And I like him as a pivot right there between Mark Leishman and Brendan Steele, who I think are going to both be extremely high-owned. I am going to have more Leishman than Steele, but uh, I like Berger as that pivot play. So those are so, so Casey, Reed, Leishman, and Berger I really like in that 9K range. You? Well, you know, I'm with you on Casey, but I, I'm not so sure that you're going to be right on Berger. I think Steele might actually be a little bit lower owned than Berger. I mean, you look at Berger, he's coming off of a win. And Steele, to me, is... is Berger's re- not coming off of a win. He's coming off of a miscut, and people have short memories. Well, you know, a win two weeks ago. But it's a different... This is just a different... U.S. Open is just a different type deal. So I'm not going to... I'm not really throwing that again. I think Berger is going to be is a good play. I agree with you there, but I like Steele better. I mean, you look at him; he's played here the last four starts. He's got top twenty fives here, including a top five back in 2014 and a top twenty last year. He's in good form. You know, he was he was thirteenth last week. He could have could have been even better. Checks the box on proximity, strokes gained tee to green, strokes gained approach, and also I looked at par four efficiency in the 400 to 450 yard range, which is what we talked about. There were eight par fours in that range, and he checked the box there as well. So I think Steele is going to be one of my favorite plays right here. I love Steele from a stat perspective. I totally agree. He checks all the boxes. I, I you know, I think he's. He went deep into the weekend on Sunday. You know, I think I'll just take Berger with the pivot. But I, I would now. Now this brings up. This makes me think of something. I, I was about to offer you a bet, but I just remembered you. You're yet to pay on a bet that you owe. I know. I know. I need to. I know. You have literally been saying this for almost a year now, Pat. No, it hasn't been a year. Come on, yes, that was at the has. beginning of the year when we made that bet. No, no, it was not. When was the it? Bet, and the bet was that that and you lost 
but the bet was that you would you would record at least 30 seconds of a rap video um, to Coolio's Gangsta's Paradise. That's right, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you have yet to do it. It's really disappointing. But I was going to bet you that Daniel Berger is lower on than Brendan Steele. I, I would bet you that. Okay, well, I would too if I thought you'd pay back a bet. But you well, I don't play. understand why this is this is this pisses me off. How come when we made the bet on live XM radio last year at the PGA Tour show for you to to sing in a Spanish or whatever South American voice a song in, in karaoke, and you didn't do that? That that my bet is any different. So, okay, and, my but yet you give paid. me more crap about this one. So I don't no. get that. I haven't given you crap about this in months, like two months. I've not said a word about it. Yeah, my but you never paid. paid off the other bet either. So yes, I, don't know I did. Saying. My debt is paid. I wore pleated pants for a day. Remember that? That was a whole separate bet than the no, one. No, with- it was not. No, 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 no. Remember, I said you got to come up with something different because you, it was karaoke, and me and you don't go to karaoke. Like we shouldn't have made the bet in the first place. But. Th- that was what was required of me of that bet is to go to some karaoke place. Well, we and do gave because we gave do. you an out. I gave you an out, and I took it and paid it off. You you have not. You don't have to go anywhere to do yours. All you have to do is hold your phone in front of your face and do it. But you haven't taken the time to memorize the uh, thirty seconds of like one of the most memorized rap songs in the world and just do it. I don't even really think anybody cares to listen to it. I care. What? It doesn't matter what they care about. I care. I won the bet. I want to see you do it. You okay. haven't paid it off. That's how you want to be. That's that's, that's how you. It'll want to be. happen. I pay my debts. Okay. Don't talk about it. Be about it, son. Oh my God! Can we move on? <laughs> yes, eight thousand dollar range. Why don't you do that part? You start with that one. Uh, there's really not a whole few, <laughs> a whole lot of guys I like in this range. I do like Tony Finau though at eighty seven hundred. He's also at fifteen six on fantasy draft. I think that's a decent price for him. But he is uh, he's for me the stat guy in this category. You look at birdie or better percentage, strokes gained. He ranks top ten in the field or strokes gained approach. He does, you know, his, his form here has been okay with two top twenty five finishes. You know, for the price, that may not be what you want, but I, I think Finau can can win this tournament. You know, also looking at efficiency from four hundred to four hundred fifty yards, he's number one in the field, and he's also number two in the field in strokes gained tee to green. So Tony Finau is probably going to be my go to guy if I'm going to take a guy in this eighty seven hundred range. And then I think, and here's another thing, I think Stanley is going to be a guy that a lot of people go to. Um, but I'm just not liking him this week. I'm going to fade Stanley, and I think he does fit some stat categories for this this course. But I, I'm just, you know, he doesn't have a great course history, so Kyle Stanley is going to be off my list this week. And then at the bottom, a guy that you typically mention I have never mentioned at all, but I do like him this week, and that's Chad Campbell. He checks the box on proximity from 100 to 125 yards, strokes gained tee to green, strokes gained approach, and has relatively decent recent form. So there you go, Chad Campbell for me at $8,000. i am okay with that price this week. I do like a little Chad Campbell. I do not like him on DraftKings. He's way too pricey. Uh, And I'm actually opposite of you. I'm fading Finau, and I'm going Kyle Stanley. I think more people will go to Finau. I think people love, the DFS community loves playing Tony Finau. So, 
I am going to fade Finau. Stanley is my guy. Checking the box and strokes gained off the tee and strokes gained approach. Uh, you know, $100 discount is pretty irrelevant, but that's that's who I like. I think. Do I you think, not? Uh, does, does his history here not scare you at all? No, because it's Cal State. I mean, he's missed very three cuts. Player. He's never finished better than top 20. I agree, but this is, you know, we all know this has been a very four different cuts. year for Sorry, Kyle Stanley. Cuts. He's been a very different year for him. He's much better player than he was. Something's clicked for this guy. Cause he's, Every he's time been, I'm on him, though, he doesn't perform. So maybe that's that's why. Are you going to have any Jim Furyk, Mr. 58? I showed, might throw a little form, showed a little form at the U.S. Open. Yeah, I may throw in a little Furyk. I, I can't. Bubba? I can't go wrong with that, but I'm not going to. Yeah, I don't know. What about Bubba? I just can't go Bubba. I can't believe you're not going to have any Kevin Tway. That's your boy. No, not this week. He is not He is not on the list for this week. Tway is a better value on Fantasy Draft and, uh, and FanDuel, actually. So, um, You know, the, the highest strokes gained total at TPC River Highland since 2012 is Bubba Watson. It's like 45 strokes is what he's gained on the field since 2012. Leishman is number two, by the way. Um, I, I think you got to have a little bit of Bubba. I, I don't have any idea what his ownership's going to be. I have no clue. But it, as the week rolls on, we'll see. So, I mean, I like the 9K, 8K range starting lineups in there and getting three, maybe even four of these guys in your lineup I think is is definitely doable. There's not a whole lot of guys in here I'm just absolutely opposed to. I do think Brian Harmon, um, man, that dude just looked so dejected yesterday on Sunday. I mean, he, he just looked like who did it and ran. He was so disappointed. <laughs> I, I just don't know about the mental ability, but... So I might fade him. I definitely am fading Summer Hayes. Um, other than that, I don't know. I could almost be talked to anybody in the 8K range, but that's those are the guys I like the most is Kyle Stanley. 7K range, you have a lot of value. 6K range, you have a lot of value. I'll, uh, I'll kick it off here. I'm going back to some Bud Cauley, checking the box and strokes, getting to approach and the par 4 number. You know, U.S. Open was a big event for him. Not really sure he was ready for it, but uh, I like the fact that he missed the cut, and some folks had him, and he burned some people, so I like jumping on him. Charlie Hoffman, to me, is a incredible steal on DraftKings. He's one of those guys that DraftKings just has intentionally priced wrong. If you look at him on Fantasy Draft and FanDuel, he's way up the charts there. So Hoffman is a value. He's probably going to be super chalky as well. Um... Keegan Bradley is right there in that same category. They've got him a little too low on the as far as what he's priced, I think. Uh, checks the box and strokes in off the tee. And the birdie, you're better number on the easier courses. Um, another guy who I'm, I'm always on, and I don't like him. I don't like him on DraftKings as much, but Fantasy Draft, Nick Watney. Checks the box and strokes gained approach, birdie or better, and the par four number. He's played here two times in the last five years, with, uh, made both cuts, and and has a top 25. So I like Watney a little bit. Um, 
I like Grillo. Well, no, I don't. I don't really like Grillo actually. I mean, he's coming off a miscut, but I, I don't know. Grillo's interesting. McGirt, I like. Um, checks the box in the par four scoring and the birdie or better. Byunghun Ann is a value. Graham Dillette is a value. Dillette played here four times in the last five years, made all four cuts and two top twenty fives. And Byunghun Ann just checking every single box at seventy one hundred is a is a stupid deal. Both of those guys undervalued on DraftKings as well. So. A lot of guys in that 7K range I like. What do, you agree, disagree, got some other guys? What do you think? Wow, I feel like you named just about every everybody in that range. And I'm, I'm with you on almost everybody you mentioned. I named um, five guys. I know, but they were all listed. <laughs> I have seven listed, and you mentioned five of them. So, um, Grillo, to me, though, is, is, is probably one of my highest guys here. You know, checks the box on strokes gain to the green, off the tee and approach. 7200 to me is just a, a dumb price, but he's probably going to be higher owned. So if you're wanting to maybe pivot off of him, I think maybe look at, uh, well, I guess it's not right in that range, but, but, you know, I do like Jamie Lovemark. Right at the top there, well, at 7,700. I think he's, you know, 13.72 on Fantasy Draft. I like both those prices for him. Checks the box on strokes gained approach, strokes gained off the tee, strokes gained tee to green. And, you know, if you look at his recent history, I mean, Lovemark's been been pretty good. I mean, his his last four starts, he was, you know, or last three starts, an 18th, a 10th, and then a 27th last week at the U.S. Open. Uh, it did miss a cut here last year, but I, I'm going to – I'm going to disregard that one this week. So I'm going – I do like Jamie Lovemark, so there you go. Um, but I'm with you on all the others. I mean, Hoffman's just mispriced. Colley's been on fantastic form lately. Keegan is another guy that has good course history here. Uh, and then on is, is was the other guy I had. And I think there might be some folks that want to go to JT Poston at 7,100, but I just don't think you can play him with the way he's – yeah, he just hasn't been on the forum lately, so I'd rather go on over over JT right in that seventy one hundred range. So there you it go. It does it does seem like a great course for JT though. It does. It seems like a fantastic course for him, but we'll see. I mean, I, I might have a little sprinkle of him by the time it's all said and done. But um, you know, I, I wanted to mention too back to that strokes gain total over the last five years. I mentioned Bubba was number one. Charlie Hoffman is number three, Keegan is number seven, and Graham Dillette is number eight on that list in the last five years. So three of those guys we mentioned really, really, really seem to click on TPC River Highland. So something to think about there. Um, Let's drop down below the 7K range. Right off the bat, Webb Simpson to me, another really stupid price on DraftKings. He hasn't Uh, missed a cut here in forever. I don't know if he's ever missed a cut here. Yeah, he's playing great, too. I mean, he's playing pretty good for Webb. Checking the box and strokes gained approach and the birdie or better on easier courses. So I uh, don't mind a little don't mind a little Webb Simpson at all. Um, other than that, in that top six, I, I do like I do like Shez Reavy. Shez had a good man. I almost I almost said his name on last week's pod for the U.S. Open. I wish I would have, but <laughs> yeah. Um, chess, chess. Well, he was checks coming boxes. off a good, good start at the FedEx. So yeah, he had a good open. Um, another kind of accuracy guy. He's played here four times in the last five years. Hasn't missed a cut with two top twenty fives. Old Chesticle could be one. Um, Adam Hadwin coming off of a terrible weekend at the U.S. Open. I believe he shot an eighty on Sunday. 
I'm gonna look. I'm gonna choose to look past the 80, as hard as that is to do, and look at the value of Adam Hadwin on DraftKings at 6,800 on a short course. I think that's a tremendous value for Hadwin. So I'm gonna have I'm gonna have some some Hadwin for sure. Um, Lucas Glover, 6,600 is another one I really like. Checks the box and strokes gain off the tee and the. Uh, Birdie or better. He missed the cut on the number at the U.S. Open. He's actually putting a little better. If you look at Lucas's strokes gained putting stats over the last 12, 24, and 36 rounds, he's actually putting a little better. Believe it or not, he's losing strokes approaching, which is somewhat concerning. But if he reverts back to his old Lucas Glover self, he should be okay. So those are a couple guys in that top tier that I like. Uh, I'll, let you, I'll let you pick out a few. By the way, Chez Reavy and Webb Simpson um, Chez is number 13 and Webb is number 11 on that strokes gain total TPC River Islands in the last five years. Well, Webb is also top 10 in proximity uh, in the field in 100 to 125 yards. Um, so I do like Webb. I'm, I'm with you there. I wouldn't sleep on Scott Piercy at 6,900. He doesn't have the, the greatest course history here. Um, and I know he's – well, he hasn't even played here since 2010. And I know he's missed three straight cuts. But, hey, what's been the, the trend on tour this year? You just miss a bunch of cuts and then win a tournament. So I, I do think I'm going to have some Scott Piercy. He's number one in the field in proximity uh, from 100 to 125 yards out. So I do like Scott Piercy. And, you know, the other guy – there's a, two others I'm going to mention here. I think Danny Lee's intriguing to me at 6,800. He, he always is, but especially when he's that cheap. He's, again, a really solid player. Um, you know, he was top 25 the last time he played here, which was 2015. He's been playing better lately. He's made four straight cuts with two of those being top 10s. So I, I think Danny Lee is certainly worth a shot at 6,800. And then I'm going to throw out a guy, an old man, because I love the old guys, and VJ Singh at 6,900. And, and VJ is one of those guys that just, this is a course for him. Yeah, obviously he contended a little bit at the TPC. So he's playing well right now. He's only missed one cut here. And, and you've seen him on the senior tour actually playing pretty solid too. So I, I may throw some VJ into some lineups, especially some GPP lineups. But if you're talking cash, Webb is, is definitely my favorite guy. So there, so there you go. Well, I think you've got the wrong geezer. I think you save 500 bucks and you go to Ken Duke. Hmm. With well, he obviously here. has the course history for sure. He's won fantastic here. course history. A win played here the last five years, but he's not on the senior tour yet, so you can't call him a geezer. Yeah, but he's an old guy. I mean, he's old, but made four out of his last five cuts here. Two top twenty fives, one being a win. I mean, Ken Duke, why not? I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna play D- VJ at sixty nine, play Duke at sixty four. Love that price. Um, also on DraftKings, I see some value. With Brandon Hagee, he's a bomber. I'm always a sucker for Hagee at 6,300. Johnny Johnny V, Johnny Vegas at 64. And Mullinax at 6,500. All all kind of steals um, on DraftKings to me down in that 6K range. I mean, some of these guys are going to make the cut and play pretty well and have some of them, I mean, on this course, like we talked about in the beginning of the show, have a chance to win. So this is where I feel like you can take a Rory, you can take a Spieth, um, you know, put them with another nine or eight K guy, grab a couple seven K guys, and then throw in, 
you know, a Mullinax, a Ken Duke, a Johnny V, a Brandon Hagee, uh, even Harold Varner at 6,700, another good price on DraftKings. I think those are all guys who, you know, in a field like this with a, with a wide open track that a lot of people, you know, can, can win on, I think those are interesting plays. I got to talk about a guy that, that we kind of glossed over a little bit because not many people know about him, but Joel Dahman at 7400 It's a high price for old Joel. I mean, I'm not sure I understand that, but then when I see a price like that for a guy I don't understand, it makes me want to play him a little bit just – just because I don't think anybody's going to. But, he, you know, you look at his last two starts on tour. He's got top 20s with a ninth-place finish at the AT&T Byron Nelson and top 20 at the FedEx St. Jude. So, I don't yeah. know. He's a no-name that, that just could be just flying under the radar here. Made four of seven cuts this year. So, yeah. yeah I don't know. I mean, I'd That's going to be my, my flyer gut play of the week. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I might throw him in one lineup just to see what happens. Oh, I mean, I don't think you're going to need that much differentiation on on DraftKings. I would just play him on FanDuel or Fantasy Draft if you want to play him because he's probably a better price. I haven't looked yeah, at the price. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm thinking. But, that's kind of what I'm thinking. And that price at 7,400. I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe there's something about old Joel we don't know. He's priced higher than Charlie Hoffman. Right. Right. I mean, clearly <laughs> when DraftKings intentionally misprices guys like Hoffman and Webb and Hadwin. You know, that, that means some scrub is going to get pushed up there, and I think Joel's the guy this week. But anyway, I, I, I did a fair amount of research this week. I mean, like, coming off of a major is normally tough for me to get in the mood and do the research and grind it out, but thankfully the Travelers has a decent field, and I, I, I'm like halfway. I had a good week. I mean, I, you know, I made some money. I didn't make a lot of money, but I made some money. And It's a good week to play. Yeah, I'm kind of ready to get get back in it. So I feel prepared. I feel prepared. Now it's just time to see what the rest of the industry is talking about and get a sense of some ownership. And let's try to win us a GPP this week. We've come close lately. We we have come dangerously close. So let's see what happens. All right, everybody. Thanks for downloading the the, uh, the Tour Junkies podcast. We do appreciate it. And don't forget to, to send in your native area questions, info at tourjunkies.net. Um, get yourself a little shot in the arm subscription for the rest of the year. It'll, it'll definitely pay off, I promise. So that's all I got. Thanks for listening. May your screens be green. See ya! Oh. You've waited all year, and this Saturday, it's finally here. Old Navy's famous $1 flip-flops are back for just one day only. Polish up your petties and hurry in for flip-flops for the whole family for just a buck. This Saturday only at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 624, limit 10. Solid colors only. Hi, you've reached the high fashion hotline. Hi, my family's going to a picnic, but our clothes are stained. That's quite a pickle. Ketchup, actually. We want to look amazing. Go to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now, get up to 50% off all tees, all tanks, all shorts, and all dresses at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. All up to 50% off? Yes, get tees and tanks from $6 for adults, $5 for kids, and dresses start at $15 for women, $10 for girls. Hey, everyone, we're going to Old Navy. High fashion, Old Navy. Valid 621 to 627. Excludes clearance, jewelry, active, flat tees and tanks, licensed, and men's package tops. The all-new Toyota RAV4 asks, what if? What if your ride was refined and 
rugged at the same time. Introducing the all-new RAV4 Hybrid. 208 combined horsepower and standard all-wheel drive make it the most powerful RAV4. Plus, with its head-turning style and breakaway speed, it's bound to change the way you think of a hybrid. The all-new RAV4 Hybrid. Toyota. Let's go places. Horsepower. Ratings achieved using the required premium and gasoline with an octane rating of 91 or higher. Premium fuel is not used. Performance will decrease. Right now, you can get both Sprint's Unlimited plan and the iPhone XR with its amazing camera included for just $35 per month per line for five lines. All you need is approved credit and 24-month installment billing. No trading required. Visit a Sprint store, Sprint.com, or call 800-SPRINT-1. Phone $15 a month after monthly credit supplied within two bills. If canceled early, remaining balance due. Unlimited basic after 63020, pay $32 a month per line with auto pay. Data deprioritization during congestion. Speed maximums, use rules, and restrictions apply. 